We're sitting down with Gebbin Communications' Heather Whaling to discuss 2021 PR trends. It's all on Good Morning Communicators, and it starts right now. Welcome, everybody, to Good Morning Communicators. My name is Michael Van Est, and we are back with another awesome episode. So without any hesitation, let's get right into it. Joining us here on Good Morning Communicators is a very, very special guest. She is the proud owner of Gebbin Communication. She is Heather Whaling. Heather, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you here. Heather, you started this company, Gebbin Communication, out of your dining room? I did, yeah, in 2009 at the height of a recession. So it feels very emblematic now to be back working in my dining room. So how did you, I mean, how did you pull that off? You know, <laughs> in the middle of a recession and you, you're able to get a public relations firm up off the ground. That's pretty amazing. I had worked for other people's PR agencies for about 10 years, learned a lot about what I liked and what I didn't like, was fortunate at the agency I was at before I started Gavin to be to work closely with the partner in charge of business development and knew I really enjoyed that um, side of the business. And so then in 2009, decided to, I want, I was living in Florida, wanted to move back to Ohio, but it was the recession. So not a lot of people were hiring. And so I decided then to take a little bit of a leap of faith and start Gavin. And so I started and it was just me and my, my dining room and my laptop. And um, thankfully had a couple uh, initial clients that were willing to take a little bit of a chance with me. And then we've grown steadily since then. And you're surviving not one recession, but two major recessions. That's, that's pretty amazing. And congratulations to you and your firm. What I want to talk about here is you've, you've got obviously tons and tons and tons and years upon years of experience. Where do you see PR as it stands as a, uh, as a entity today? I think we learned in 2020 that PR is, is critical for companies. Certainly during good times, there's a lot of value, but when there is something like a pandemic or a racial reckoning or both of those things happening at the same time, it increased the need for companies to communicate. So um, I think a lot of companies have learned that PR does not just fit in the nice to have bucket, but it really is a necessary component of a business strategy. So you, you would agree then that, you know, practitioners today really hold, you know, a lot of weight in terms of making sure that accurate and precise and honest information is being conveyed to the public, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, we certainly have a responsibility to be sharing truthful information and making sure people have the information. And from a business standpoint, especially when there is a number, when there are any number of situations where there's a lot of information flying around and mistruths, the, the PR person or the PR department plays a really critical role for that company in helping combat mistruths, but helping keep um, their story relevant and front and center, even in a really crazy news cycle. Absolutely. Where, so where do you see the profession going in 2021? So I think it'll be interesting, I think, to see in 2021. I think in 2020, certainly there was this massive influx of cover, media coverage around COVID. I think we'll continue to see a lot of COVID-related stories, but I think they'll feel probably a little less 
urgent. Maybe I think last year it felt like everything was urgent all the time. Um, I think as, you know, we'll start to see different types of COVID stories, especially as the vaccines are distributed more widely and hopefully numbers continue to go down. Um, the, the other piece I think that will be interesting to watch is how newsrooms shift, which then will certainly impact how the PR profession shifts during COVID. There were a number of newsrooms had to cut staff. And at the same time, newsrooms reassigned people's beats because they needed so many more people covering things related to COVID because it was such a dominant story. So it'll be interesting to watch how newsrooms continue to shift. And then from a media standpoint, how the PR role adjusts accordingly. And now how do you, how do you see the newsroom shift uh, this year. So if, so if people are looking to pitch stories, you know, that may not be COVID-19 released as, as we continue on through this pandemic, do you have any advice to those that, that are looking to pitch, you know, a new story that might not be related to COVID? Yeah. So I think, you know, there's certainly going to continue to be COVID related stories as we see new strains or vaccine distribution, um, as the, the relief package gets passed, there are lots of ways to still tie into COVID stories. Um, then I think there'll be kind of transition type stories. So how do, how do workplaces continue to evolve now that people have gotten so um, used to working remotely? How do families navigate um, now that there have been so many changes in family life or community life and schools? So there's a lot of COVID-related things, I think, still. But I think at the core, as we start to see space open up within media for other types of stories, then it's just your normal media planning. So do you have something that's timely um, and maybe, you know, from a seasonal standpoint or holiday related, or is there a trend that you can tie into, you know, certainly those types of stories probably will have a bit better um, success rate versus something that's a little bit more evergreen because there still will be so much COVID coverage. So there's not as much of the normal kind of traditional real estate for, for coverage. Um, but I think sticking to what you know works from a from a media standpoint will be helpful. The other piece I think is to remember that, you know, PR isn't just media relations. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, there were virtual events became really big next year. It'll be interesting to see how those continue to evolve as the vaccines get out. So there are so many other ways also that PR people can continue to be adding value, even if they don't necessarily have something that fits into a news cycle. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, and then one of the big things, you know, that that that's out there right now in terms of representing information um, to society, you know, social media, and it absolutely undertook a huge uh, shift last year, you know, not only with COVID, but also with the election cycle as well. Have you seen social media change, you know, in terms of uh, whether good or bad for society, you know, in terms of the information that's out there and the way it's been used um, over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months? Absolutely. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, digital communication is a double-edged sword, right? It's incredibly valuable because now we have so much access to information and um, there's a lot of, of value that can come from that. At the same time, I think we have seen um, the dark side of, of social media and digital tools, you know, looking at how people we're using the tools to organize ahead of January 6th, the riots, right? That's a, a perfect example of, of the downside. 
Um, I think there's a lot that's been written about, you know, doom scrolling and the impact on individuals' mental health. From a PR standpoint, I think we need to be really cognizant of the well-being of the people who are serving as community managers for brands. That's something we've taken really seriously at Gemin, making sure that, you know, their job is actually to be plugged into what's going on online. And, and we all need time to disconnect. And so making sure that, you know, as we're managing capacity and staffing, that we're being really cognizant of what it is that we're asking our community managers and our social media managers to do every day so that um, we're giving them the time and space that they need for their own mental well-being as well. From an ethical standpoint on, on social media, um, I know I know your company and just in past conversations with you, I know you guys are very, very ethically sound and you are highly involved with treating your employees awesome, you know, and, um, you know, giving them, like you just said, making sure that their well-being is in check. You know, when it comes to misinformation that is on social media, how do you see public relations combating, and I dare I use the word fake news, but I'm going to, you know, how do you see that as being conquered you know, because that's that's one thing I think people have kind of gotten sick about um, is just getting all kinds of misinformation, whether it's the virus or it's the insurrection that happened back in January or any of the um, um, events that happened last summer. You know, how do you think as a PR practitioner, we can get past that and help the media regain its trust on a national scale? Yeah, I think there's a really interesting opportunity for brands and, and organizations in that space. I think there's there's been research recently about how business leaders are more trusted than some of the kind of typical traditional institutions that people used to place a lot of trust in. And I think that's why we've seen, you know, as vaccines have been rolling out, we're seeing CEOs taking pretty public stances with either internally with their companies or even more broadly with the media about taking vaccines, how safe they are. Um, so I think there's an opportunity for some corporate leadership to help to rebuild trust in truth and facts. Um, then I think at the same time, there needs to be a media literacy component to this that, um, you know, that's a hard thing to do when people are just watching one news channel that maybe has a very slanted view or a funny relationship with the truth. But um, you know, maybe before we go retweeting something that we randomly see on Twitter, let's see if we can verify it with a second source, <laughs> you know, um, can Absolutely. we make sure that, that, that we're responsible for sharing factual, truthful information and not adding to the noise in a negative way? How do we keep adding value from a social standpoint, not just um, taking away from helpful communication? You know, when we're, when individuals are studying for the APR, there was an interesting point that was brought up as, as I began my journey to uh, studying and sitting for the APR. And one of, it, one of the things that stood out to me was from an ethical standpoint is that, you know, there's really no governing body that holds public relations practitioners to, you know, a legal standard saying, you know, you have to abide by these ethical standards or you'll be kicked out of the practice, you know, within law firm, with, excuse me, within the legal field, you have people that have to take the bar and they must uphold, you know, certain tr truths to the bar with, um, with public relations, anybody, you know, can do it now who does it really good is a whole different story, but anybody can, I guess, can, can certainly go out and try it. You know, how do we stop, I guess, individuals from making the poor choices of, you know, representing something that's just not 
correct or it's spun into a certain uh, disarray? I think that, um, you know, certainly you can only control what you can control. So if someone chooses to use their platform or their podium to spread mistruths as an individual, there's not a whole lot that you can do that. Now, I think there's probably space for PRSA to be more vocal about mm. that. Um, but as, at the individual level, there's not a ton that you can do other than to, to have the personal responsibility to say that you're not going to add to that to add to that noise, to sure. add to the mistruth. Sure. Um, but I do think there's opportunities for PRSA as a national organization and then its members at the local levels and regional levels to, to be more vocal about the need to have spokespeople who believe in truth and, and yeah. want to share factual information. I mean, I think you've seen, there's a huge difference, you know, it's a night and day difference in now that we have the press briefings back coming out of the oh. way. You know, <laughs> Amen. It's amazing having that kind of, you know, factual information being shared on a regular basis. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of lessons that, that everybody can learn from that. So you and I were part of a coffee chat with PRSA back in 2019 happened to be at the end of the year. And one of the questions I asked was, you know, what are you excited about that the year of 2020 bring, will bring to us? And holy cow, we would not have been able to have predicted what happened last year. But I am going to ask yeah. you the same question for 2021. What are you most looking forward to in public relations this year? Um, I think that people have learned the value of PR. I think that across the board, I hope we'll continue to see PR taken seriously at the organizational level and given the seat at the table that it needs and that it deserves. Um, I think in terms of what I'm excited at a little bit more of like a granular level, I think there's going to be some exciting things happening from a social media standpoint. Um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to watch what happens around privacy and censorship. I mean, there's a lot in, in the kind of potential of what could happen in 2021. And I think a lot of it creates really fantastic opportunities for PR people to be leading voices within their organizations and within their communities um, to help move us all forward as we look at how do we recover from COVID and move on to a better, stronger situation. What advice can you give the listeners out there today who struggle with getting a seat at that management table to really convince the upper echelon leadership that public relations is completely important and absolutely can make or break your business? I would say if you're still reporting on ad equivalency rates, that's part of why you're not being taken as seriously as you should be. So I think um, from a PR standpoint, we need to start talking about PR and actual business metrics. So where are we impacting, you know, at each various stage of the customer journey, what is the impact that PR can have and how do we measure that both in terms of short-term leading indicators and those longer term metrics. I think we know that a lot of what PR focuses on is longer, you know, we're playing a long game here. So you're not gonna be able to measure the exact outcome in a three month program necessarily, but you absolutely should be able to measure leading indicators basically right away to help you know if the campaign is going in the right direction. And I think if we can start to frame what we are talking about in the words and phrases and metrics and charts that your leadership team is using as they're making other business decisions, that goes a long way in building our credibility and giving us um, more of a voice at the table. Outstanding. And, uh, you know, you say that every time I hear 
advertising <laughs> equivalency. I just cringe. I mean, grit my teeth, clinch my fists. It just, yeah. I, you, know, you just want to start laughing. Like, really? <laughs> it's just such a bad, it's such a ineffective Oh, it's metric. horrible. Oh my gosh. It's, it's horrible. You know, from, from a, does it sound good to say you got a billion dollars worth of, you know, ad equivalency? Sure. But what does that actually mean in terms of the business? And did you hit the right audiences? And did you drive traffic to the website? And more importantly, did that traffic convert whatever Absolutely. conversion looks like? And um, that's what the leadership wants to hear. They don't want to hear artificial metrics. Heather, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate you joining us here today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hope everybody can we, productive, yeah. much calmer 2021. <laughs> no question about that. Uh, can we get you back on sometime soon? Yeah, absolutely. We'll Perfect. Thank you so much, Heather. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. We'll be back with another podcast soon. For Good Morning Communicators, I'm Mike Van Est. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.